0: In my head, you have held me in your arms. In my head, I've been witness to your charms a thousand times. You have sung me a love song in my head. Hello, you're very welcome to the latest episode of The Attic Sessions. And... Delighted that this month in February we are joined by one of Ireland's busiest and certainly most successful writers, um, Owen Colfer.
1: Owen, delighted, you're finally in the attic. We finally made it after uh, you know illness, rain, flood. Our
0: illness, by the way, yeah. Owen is perfectly healthy. We've been.
1: Oh, uh, we had illness in our eyes as well. Our son was off as well last week, so. Uh, yeah, out. no, there's yeah. been nasty stuff yeah. going
0: around. Yeah. But we're all reasonably, the cameraman is not going to fall over and we're all in in good form and delighted that you're here. If
1: he falls over, he's straight down the (laughs) stairs.
0: So so we don't want that. We can't. We don't want that to happen. Absolutely not. And I was in, in my extensive preparation for this yeah, you interview. Did, you did
1: two years prep. I did that two was the years. the most expensive prep ever, travel well, around the country.
0: For the few people who don't know, Owen uh, was laureate in an Ogue, and I was lucky enough to work as project manager on, on the project where Owen was there. And so I have heard some stories before.
1: Yeah, okay, I'm um, to.
0: So I will attempt not to lead you in the direction of the stories that
1: yes, you I might. T- I do tend to fall back on. I have like a collection of 20 stories and I just, I never know in an event what I'm going to say. Yeah. And I kind of just judge the room and see how old people are and then throw out to. or three but stories. But they're great
0: and they, they change in the retelling anyway because there's always something yeah. that you're kind of...
1: And you've been at events with me where I can see, okay this is not going well, I need to pull out the fart story. <laughs> <laughs> the exactly. is only. I, hard have to, story. I have to pull it I, uh, so it's terrible but uh, it, it works
0: but not in the attic because attic no. tend no, to be bit, no, no, no no absolutely not um, and I was trying to count up the number of books that Wikipedia told me yeah. you have written um, and it could be somewhere in the mid 30s does that sound a it's bit it's up
1: to 40 now it's 40 <laughs> something but uh, that's including uh, uh, graphic novels I, I've tried to count believe it or not I've tried to count it myself a few times and I always get bored around 37. But you know, uh, you've
0: written them, so like yeah. how, how, and you really probably began in the mid-90s, so.
1: My first book, yeah, my first book was published in 98.
0: So, so, so 20 years 20, 20 20 years, years next year, yeah. 40 so books, like two mm. books a year?
1: Well now some of them, for example, would be quite small books, um, like uh, The Legend of Captain Crow, or, or stuff like that, yeah. or um, Going Potty, which is so, um, they wouldn't they would only take a week to write okay yeah but it, they often take a lot longer to edit because yeah. with picture books you really have to chop the words down yeah, yeah.
0: but they're big thick ones as well like yeah i know. mean
1: airman is a, is a big hundred thousander and there's a few of those you know yeah. so so uh,
0: how, how long might that sort of length
1: that would that those books usually take me about nine months to do a first draft and then uh depending on how clean they are going in yeah uh, two to three months to polish yeah so it would be a year to do the, the big novels yeah um, but the little books only take a couple of weeks and
0: getting the ideas like
1: yeah I, i'm actually yeah, that's harder now i've slowed down in the last couple of years i still have the ideas but i don't have the faith in them anymore i used to think every idea i ever had was amazing and i and i then wrote 40 books on the strength of that and now i'm re- kind of thinking well maybe i at this stage of my life you know I should be a bit more choosy, yeah. And uh, so I have a lot of ideas, uh, but I'm I'm really take my time to pick the ones that I like, yeah. that I really want to do. And a lot of it actually changed when my dad died, and that was forty four years ago. Uh-huh. And I started to think, or just get perspective on stuff. And and I thought, right, you've done twenty five books about fantasy stories. You know, do do you need to do another one? I mean, no. what have you got something else to say about leprechauns, or have you done that and so,
0: so presumably there's a big bank of people on the other side saying, well, yes, you do, because they're very popular and, and yeah, they I mean, sell. And yeah, I
1: think I will go back to that. And, but at the moment, for example, I have a book coming out in uh, October with Andrew Duncan and Giovanni Ragano, which is about the uh, economic migrants from Africa up to Europe. And like there you can say, yes, now this is something that yeah. needs to be told. Admittedly, it's been told, and this is something we have to be very careful about, it w- it's three middle-aged white people middle-class men talking about African migrants. Yeah. So you really don't wanna be, there's a fine line there between representing something honestly and being patronizing.
0: But like going back to one of your yeah. early books, like Benny and Omar yeah. was, yeah. yeah. you know, getting inside the head of a culture that yeah. you had little to do with, but you I f- were living. Yeah,
1: I, I felt that one, I felt again, I was so young. I yeah. mean, I was, I, I don't think I was, I was, probably wasn't even 30 and uh, I was like, no problem. Yeah, I, I live here, that just, you know, entitles me uh, to write about it. But now i would be more circumspect yeah. about that. And and that's happened to me before. Um, before I started writing kids books, I wrote plays. Uh, and one of the first plays I wrote was a play called The Answer Machine, uh, which was about a school principal who, who basically is the answer machine. So everyone comes to a store and he has the answer for yeah. them. But then he finds out this girl has been abused by her dad and he doesn't have the answer to that. And uh, and I, if I'm honest now, I wrote that as a Hot Topic play, No, you know, I had no experience in that area. I was trying to say, well, what can I write about that world, uh, get people interested, and I wrote this play, and, and I really wrote it from casual knowledge, and, uh, and afterwards I remember a lady came to me and she said, oh, I knew as soon as that girl walked in the door, I knew what was going on, and, and she really confided in me about stuff I can't really talk about, and I just felt like such a fake you know Mm, mm. such a fraud because i had manipulated that response out of her Mm -hmm. not really caring all i wanted was the response Mm -hmm. and uh, and i've come to appreciate that in recent years that i'm not going to do that anymore Uh, and the play i have at the moment is about uh, ms and and that's something i do feel connected to you know through a friend so i feel not entitled but but i feel comfortable
0: so there has to be some kind of authentic yeah. link between yeah. what you write I think about that's
1: and fair i mean if you're writing about leprechauns you know yeah. far knock yourself out
0: yeah but they could be leprechauns that have represent something oh else. yeah oh,
1: obviously i mean the the leprechaun in my story holly she represents kind of the glass ceiling and uh, the, the celtic tiger and all of that comes through but if you disguise a little bit, you don't worry too much about yeah. it. But if you're blatantly writing about a, a very sensitive topic, then you need to be sensitive to that topic yeah. and not just glib.
0: I was I was in a, a classroom yesterday with a group of of uh, school kids talking about fake news. Yeah. And talking about how stories, uh, how do you respond to stuff that's happening now, and and you know what writers might do, and it it occurred to me that Arthur Miller in the 50s when america was going through its cyclical kind of hysteria but it was towards communists yeah. and that sort of thing he decides to go back 300 years to the witch trials yeah and write about the witch trials and Smart. and yeah so like there are lots of ways of dealing with what's happening now but, yeah you know that
1: i mean and that is one of the, the best examples i think and i think that's one of the first plays i ever saw at the crucible and uh, my mum was in it was she really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she which part was, did she? She played uh, the the lead, the woman who sold the. Ab- was it Abigail? Abigail. Or, yeah. Was it Abigail? Who uh, Yeah, she plays the. So. So I was exposed to that very young. I remember doing my lines with my mother, when I would have been her lines. Yeah. When she, I would have been six. Yeah. And she was doing the crucible Uh i think my dad may have directed it so i really (laughs) don't want to think about it yeah so uh it's a it's a it's a great way to be introduced to literature doing lines from that level of of play yeah yeah uh, with your mom when you're a kid there's not many finer ways in
0: so would would theater almost be the first kind of love
1: oh yeah i mean definitely i grew up doing my mom's lines and that became my thing you know we would sit down and i would just do her lines with her and uh, I did all the other parts and yeah. she would play herself, yeah. her own part. And then, uh, so when I finished teacher training in college, um, Jackie, my wife, and I went straight into the drum group. I dra- dragged Jackie after me. And uh, I realised very quickly that Jackie was a great actress and that I was not a great actor. And so I started to write the yeah. plays um, for the group. And uh, that, that was that was how I started. And yeah. I was much happier writing... It takes a certain kind of courage to be on stage, I think, to believe that the audience will believe yeah. that you're someone else and yeah. I never had that kind of self-confidence and writers often don't. So I was much happier. It's, it takes enough courage I think to write a play and put it on. Yeah. Cuz you're there behind the, you're behind the curtain and you're looking at the audience and every line that doesn't land you're like oh, there's something
0: them? about collaboration as well yeah. in writing for, for the stage that, you yeah. know, when you're when you're writing your novel, yeah. it's you, yeah. it's the blank screen or the page yeah. or whatever. But what you write is what you write. But, you know, if you write for the stage, it's almost yeah. like that's the first step. Yeah. And then you start talking to the director and the actors yeah. and it it might evolve. Oh, it does. It,
1: it, well, in my experience, we had a we did a musical recently and we had a week of workshop and with the actual with the actual actors and singers and when I after having had that week I went away and I thought this guy's really funny I'm going to give him loads of this kind of joke yeah yeah. Uh, you know this girl has an amazing face I'm going to give her loads of uh, you know so her emotions are just bare on her face because she can really do that and uh, it makes a huge difference whereas in your book as you say it's all you it's all you and the screaming arctic blankness <laughs> of the of the the screen or the page.
0: I was watching um uh, we have been binge watching the uh, West, Wing West Wing over the last while yeah. and so we've got to the stage that we're now watching the bonus material because we've run out of episodes. <laughs> but it's really <laughs> interesting to hear Aaron Sorkin talking about his writing process yeah. and how, you know, he'll be watching a party one night and one of his characters CJ is is or it's actually the, the actress has this little uh, party piece called The Jackal. Yeah. And so two weeks later, she comes and she reads her script and he has written the party yeah. piece into yeah. the script because he was kind of so entranced by that. And yeah. there's this sense that it is that collaboration. It's, yeah. it's, um, so there must be very little ego in your writing because you're prepared to share. Well, when, you know,
1: you, when you're writing plays, when you, I think that was a very valuable way to start writing but plays because your ego gets stripped away very quickly or else you become a total egomaniac i i I don't know but in my case i realized very quickly that the end result still had my name on it and if it was a better end result why was i resisting um so i began to listen to actors and directors but also you have to you have to know when to say no that's Mm. because you have to accept that most people's ideas including my own are bad Mm. you know so you have to learn to say, no, that's really not going to work in this situation. But so long as you don't just hammer one person all the time sure. and you take everything on board. I think people are happy if you take one or two things they say on board and they're good and you just accept them. And, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of the time it's not good and it's knowing that difference. And I don't know it all the time. A lot of the times I will reject something and then I realise later, oh, that actually, you know, yeah. that would have been a nice idea. But myself and Liam, who does the, the music and I do the lyrics, we have like big standoffs about, he says, you know, this word does, doesn't, and it's literally down to syllables. Mm. That syllable doesn't sound good on that note. And I'm just, Oh, you're just, a, what sounds totally fine. And he's always right about the sounding. So, you know, you, you do learn to listen. And the, so then when you go on to write novels and your editor comes back and says, well, I like everything except the story and the characters. <laughs> Well, (laughs) but I like the cottage words you know you don't you don't take it personally you tend to just sit down and and let it I used to go straight back but now I mean yesterday for example um, I got notes in for a a book I'm doing with PJ uh, in the old old me would have just sat down last night and done those yeah uh, and got them off today yeah. But now I tend to say, okay. You're gonna let, let it settle. Let it settle. Really think about it. Drive around for a while. I like to, I drive up and down to Wexford a lot, and, and and it's great because I just I can literally get through a whole plot. I don't yeah. have any music on. Yeah. Uh, and and that works out really well for me. But
0: uh, like focus is one thing that I've noticed yeah. working with you, in that I re- I vividly remember being on a plane with you coming yeah. back from somewhere, and you've got your laptop open. Yeah. And you're yeah doing edits i guess yeah. but yeah. you were able to cut out everything that yeah. was going on but you know around you or whatever and just sort of focus on that particular task which was less and
1: again less and less as i get older uh when i was in my mid-20s i could i could be hanging upside down in a train to hungary and uh on a t- i remember i remember being on a top bunk on a sleeper carriage going through yugoslavia or something interrailing yeah. and scribbling notes i mean i couldn't do that now i'm very spoiled you know, I have to have my computer, and I have to have my preferably be in my own office. And, but edits I can do; I can do edits yeah. alright. Yeah. But, but I do find now I take them more seriously. Edits used to be a clerical labour for me, where it was literally just I was doing secretarial work. But now I realise that that's not the case. Yeah. Yes. That your edits have to be as good as your draft. You know. So. Mm. Um,
0: so tell us a bit about the play that's on now. There's, yeah. it it's uh, touring in a number of different sort of venues around the country, isn't it? I think
1: it? it's. I think the actor's term for it is the M50 tour. The M50 uh, tour. Have you heard that? I've know. heard the, all think, these access yeah.
0: venues that got built around the yeah. M50. Yeah. So there's
1: yeah. A, there's a. I don't. I think there's. A, I don't think there's anything on the. M50. There might be two or three, but it's the kind of the smaller theaters, and it's like we're circling. Uh, the drain of inner, the inner city, you know, the big ones. So, uh, I mean, uh, eventually I think Don would hope, would, and Ben would, and I would hope to get it on in the peacock or something yeah. like that. Uh, but uh, it's on, it's just finished Wexford, um, two or three nights. Three nights, it was a great run there. And that was a real cauldron of fire for Don because he had, to, a g- guy from Skibbereen had to go to Wexford and do a Wexford accent for Wexford people. And we we're very... Um, we're Are you very not very prou- tolerant? <coughs> well, we're kind of very proud about our accents, so we feel nobody can do it. Oh, I see. Oh, and, okay. you Lose know, because it's a very Paul. distinct accent, and my accent is not strong yeah. compared to... I mean, if you're watching this, you're probably thinking, yes, it is strong. But compared to um, people who, who have lived in Wexford all their lives, and uh, I've learned to moderate a little bit because I travel. Uh, so they're kind of all sitting there like this, just waiting for Don to come on. But he's so good. He he had them he had them at Javier as they oh, say he's mesmerizing <laughs> on virtually he can do yeah. anything absolutely
0: yeah. anything and you mentioned briefly a little earlier that it, the MS is part yeah. of it uh,
1: many years ago when uh I f- I was a friend of mine and uh there he really still is a friend of mine a good friend I suppose one of my oldest friends I suppose from all the way back to uh, secondary school and uh he would always be uh since he was about i, th- I don't know maybe 27 or 26 <coughs> he'd be given out about this pain in his leg and his back and uh we'd always be slagging him you know because he went to the doctors a few times they didn't find anything so he was kind of the malingerer as yeah. he was known and uh, and i was coming home from africa uh, just for a couple of days and i said to him i texted him you know, I'm on the way home. Well, can you come out for a drink or is your leg atcha you? kind of messing? And uh, he texted me back. Uh, yeah, my legs at me and my back. Uh, I just got been diagnosed with MS. Uh, I bet you feel like shit now. You know. So he, even at that extreme yeah. moment, Irish men was like each Black other. Black humour. Yeah. Even even, th- even then, you know, yeah. at the lowest he'd been in a long time. So we met up that night. It was quite emotional. And we talked about it, and he talked about how he was feeling. And over the years, we would. I would kind of question him, maybe a bit too much, I don't know, maybe, but uh, I wanted to know what he was going through, and, and it kind of culminated in this play, and initially uh, it was only 15 minutes long, mm. it was part of a thing called a Wex4, oh, yeah. where four of us did a uh, 15 minute pit for the 40th anniversary of Wexford Art Centre, so there was Billy Roach, John Banval, Colin Tobin, and mis- myself, four people who got their start there, kind yeah. of, and uh, down to this piece and and there was a really strong reaction to it I think because it touched a lot of people because everyone has a connection to MS uh, even you know either first-hand family mm. or friends um, and so there was interest in, in, in expanding it so Ben, ben Barnes uh, came back to me and I was so happy to be working with Ben Barnes uh, if he had said um, you know let's do you know let's do a play about dolphins and we all will dress up as dolphins, I would said, absolutely. But uh, to do a play with Ben and Don as the actor and mm-hmm. I can write about the topic I want to write yeah. about. And I was at a crossroad in my life really where I was just wondering what would I do. Um, I didn't really want to launch into another fantasy series. Because
0: Artemis Fowl had finished and yeah. Warp had also
1: Warp had finished and yeah. kind of I got offered this Iron Man job and that was a nice little holdover because it was a one book shot deal and uh, it would take me five months so that kind of gave me breathing space yeah but really what I was doing is I was pushing the the question further down the road yeah uh, what, what what I was going to do so when this came to me I thought this is perfect and as soon as it, it was mentioned my head started uh crackling with ideas, and that uh, for me is a sign mm, if mm-hmm. I start considering the project straight away, I don't know it's probably the same with you and uh so I said yes, so we did it really quickly and um, we did it uh last summer then we did it in Waterford in the theater Royal, and we had a couple of weeks there and it, w- it went down really well so on the the back of that we we got a producer mm-hmm. and a national tour
0: and has your pal seen it?
1: Yes, Steckton came every step of the way. He came. I gave him the script for the short piece. I brought him to the short piece. I gave him the stick for the longer piece. He came down to the longer piece, uh, and then we had we had the the, the closing night in extra. I said, uh, "Will you come down to the place?" of said, I've seen it twice. I'll go to the drinks after though." <laughs> so we went for we went for a drink afterwards. But yeah, he loved it, and he said to me afterwards, so "Oh, get out of my head, get out of my head." So. I think that was a compliment.
0: That is a compliment. I'm not, I'm not
1: sure, but yeah, he did like it. And and I had the, the funny thing now is that people are going to it uh, who have MS and you don't know how people will react because people are not are not the disease. so They don't mm. become, mm. you know, now you are MS person. Yeah. Like you still are that you person you've always been that sparkling, scintillating, funny, whatever, you're bad not, humored. You're person. not defined by your No, condition. exactly. Yeah. And that's the real point of this play. Yeah is that this guy is MS, he's in a bad way, but he is still himself and he's still the funniest guy in the room.
0: So it's in the pavilion next week, which is the, yeah. the week of the... Twen- I think 23rd, 24th.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where it's going from there. But if you if you uh, go onto Facebook or Google or whatever and just put in My Real Life, yeah. um, Don Witchley, you, you'll List find of out where, where it's up. going. Yeah. Very
0: good. So you mentioned also that uh, you're working on something with PJ Lynch. Yes. Who is the current Laureate Nanogue, Indeed, lovely man. We love him. <laughs> um, so, what what is that? What is that project?
1: Well, I, I've been a big fan of PJ's for years. I would say decades. And and you know, I think our first time I met him was five or six years ago at the, the Book Awards, and I was really kind of starstruck because if you've ever read, and I'm sure you have, or looked at his version of Christmas Carol, yeah, it's you know, it's incredible. Yeah. it's stunning stuff. So. I was a big fan, and so then when we were doing, uh, when we did Once Upon a Place with, which, uh, is, which behind is behind us there, stair, um, with uh, with Little Island, um, we did, we got PJ to do it, and in that process, uh, PJ it, it it worked out really well. It was one of those that those moments of synchronicity where he was wanted to get away from doing um, another book that was all oils. Yeah. He wanted to do something quick, and then we wanted black and white, and we only wanted colour for the cover. Yeah. So it went from, my initial idea was to ask loads of different Irish artists, and I think you said, let's get one, and we got P.J. Lynch. I well, somebody clever said yeah, that. I don't think yeah, that was wasn't me. not you? Somebody but, uh, clever said it. And he did it, so we got to know each other, and I was saying, oh, you know, I'd love to do a book, and I think we may have been out, uh, out somewhere. And he foolishly... <coughs> <coughs> agreed and about a week later then I had the initial uh, thing over to him but it's been completely changed since then because uh, it's, co- it's been coming out with Walker and they were more interested in, l- in a longer book um, so I've had to uh, beef it up a little bit um, for, for the better I think it's, it's much nicer so it's about a boy and his dog and if that sounds like the most boring hackneyed uh, thing ever it's not what you might expect it's very different.
0: Okay what type of dog?
1: That's up to PJ. Well, definitely, it's a rescue dog. Oh,
0: very good, rescue dog. Baxter, can you hear that? Yeah. So um,
1: that that w- that's the whole point. Um, the d- he rescues the dog, then the dog rescues him. So it's kind of a, it's a, there's a nice. um sounds Baxter good. heard us talking about dogs.
0: He did. That sounds good, Baxter, doesn't it? Very good.
1: So we're going through the dog pictures at the moment, and it's driving my son mad because he he'd love a dog, but he has allergies. Uh. So we're but we're we're looking into it. Yeah. 'Cause we want to get a rescue dog, but it's very hard to get a rescue dog that's hyperallergenic. Um, so and his eyes if it was just a little bit of allergy but his oh, yeah, eyes start swell. streaming, do they? Oh no, they close. All oh, right. He's okay. like Barry McGuigan in Texas, you know, they just and he's just red and he can't see anything. Uh. So you can't really have have that. Mm-hmm. So he says, you know, I'd i wash I'd pet him and then wash my hands and I say, Sean, that's not gonna But we're looking into it.
0: Yeah. So. No, there will there will be a solution. Yeah. Um, so when so the PJ project is when is that likely to be? Out? I'd say
1: it would be out maybe around October. It depends on um, we have because we haven't started illustrating it yet. But the illustrations will be black and white. Yeah. So I think PJ could probably get it done in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, if I if I go and sit outside his house. Okay. In my car.
0: Well, PJ knows if he wants a model of a border collie, he's he's he's, he's got one. He's right very there. much. Uh, oh,
1: i sure P.G. already did. He did, PG yeah, already did, did a brilliant a picture of it, which is amazing.
0: And what then after that? Any kind of sense of what would be um, the next thing? I'm,
1: I'm really enjoying theatre, so I might do another play, but I think uh, ultimately I want to get back to the kids' books. I mean, I, I'm going to have three collaborations coming out this year, probably uh, two all picture books, I suppose, mm. if you count a graphic novel. So it's it's about time I got back into the finding word. a nice topic, yeah, for for a kids book. I I like the I like I'd like to move down in age a bit maybe, and go more forcefully into comedy, um, and then alternate with an adult book. So then when I'm not doing an adult book, I'm really having a laugh. Yeah, um, that that w- that's my current plan. Mm, but it's very nebulous. Uh, but I, d- I am working on four or five novels, it's just which one pulls ahead. Uh,
0: gets that, that sizzling in yeah, your head gets, going that you were talking about. gets the sizzle about. going, yeah.
1: and then, uh, then, I'll, then I'll work on that. But at the moment I have the play going on, and we're also trying to sell our Christmas musical in the States. Oh, wow. So that's, uh, that would be, I, I'm spending a lot of time on that. Uh, and I'm, uh, yeah, the, Theater, it's it's. I love being in the theater. I just I love the smell of the theater. I love being backstage. I love the buzz around it. Um, but it's a really tough world, and only
0: and very expensive to put. Well, on. only
1: Martin McDonald's is making any money. Yeah. the rest of us, you know. I'm very lucky in that I can. Artemis Fowl has been is continues to be very good to me, so I can take a year out yeah. and do. The, I mean, you're still. I'm not taking a year out. I'm working really hard, but I'm not earning. Don't earn any money, but.
0: They presumably, you read that article about Donald Ryan's. Has um, he gone back to work? He's gone back to work, yeah. Oh, cause that's you incredible. Like Donald Ryan. Se- yeah, best selling novelist, and he, he can't support his
1: family. How many awards? has Donal won you know, every award, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. You
0: know, the economics of, of, of writing are uh, scary, I think. Well, I mean,
1: sometimes people say, you know, I was you look at the book charts in Ireland, and uh, number one book might be 500 books, you know, and if you do the maths, if that's 500 books, then that is probably...
0: 40 cent a book or something like that, maybe.
1: If you're doing well. Yeah. So, you know, it's not... I remember I remember, the first book I had out, good old Robert Dunbar, uh, put it on Pat Kenny's radio show. And then after that, it got on the, the toy show. Uh, and peop- and it was the number one book at Christmas, kids' book, because directly of the toy show yeah. and Robert Dunbar. Yeah. Uh, and I made, so that was the number one book at Christmas. And that year, I think I made from writing 1400 euro. Now, that book took me a year to write. Yeah. So yes. if you work that, you no, know. It's, it's not even uh, kind yeah, of it's not Starbucks even a, coffee. No, no, kind no, of, no, no, no. So, uh, but people thought, oh, you're number one at yeah, Christmas. You're yeah, you're made. Yeah, when you've given up the job, I was yeah. like, I, we can't even go on holidays to Kerry yeah. for a week yeah. uh, on that. So uh, I know what it's like. And that was. It was like that for a long time. So most writers have a job. Yeah. But there is a thing now where, you know, young writers are just kind of giving up everything and saying, right, I'm going to be a writer.
0: But you have to live a life and you have to kind of have experiences and, you know. Yeah. I think it's
1: with with me, I I come from, uh, I grew up in, or I I was a young adult in the 80s. And it was just hammered into us. Get your job, get your job, get your job and do your hobby yeah. or do your passion in the afternoon yeah. or in the evenings. And then if you, if, you, if you want to do it enough, you will do it yeah. and, then, and then give up your job. Yeah. So mm. I'm very puritanical like that, I suppose. Uh, but at the same time, I, so I had a brother and or I have a brother and he he gave up work for a couple of years to give acting a go. and I was like, yeah, do it. Go for it, you know, so maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe I would have. I wished I had done that. I mean, but it worked out fine for me. But I, um, but I would have. It would have been nice to have that bohemian couple of years.
0: Well, maybe that's what your sixties <laughs> will be. about.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have them in t- in ten years' time. I'll be a bohemian, <laughs> sixty-two-year-old.
0: Now you did bring something to read.
1: I did. I brought a page from the play Very because good. I have no confidence in when I'm reading out uh, my work because it's it for me. I often think books aren't supposed to be read out. Um, that. Uh, and every time I start to write a book, I say I'm going to write just one or two pages. So when I have to read something, I'll read these two pages. Yeah. And so it's like a little uh, vignette, but I never do. And I find when I try to read them then, it, they often don't work. So what I've done is I've, I've brought a page from the play and it's just one page. Super. And we, we don't have the, the published version yet. And, uh, so th- <coughs> the idea behind this is that this guy, Noel, um, is leaving a message uh, on the tape recorder taking a leaf out of Craps book and, uh, for his best mate, Richard. And he wants him to do a speech for him, as he says for the afters. Uh, and you think, okay, must be getting married, but as we find out, uh, maybe not. And he's giving him some advice on how to write the speech. So. so I was thinking maybe something light for starters, huh? A few yarns to break the tension. Build me up a little, you know, make me look good. I don't have a lot of heroics on the CV, but I do have this one thing. It's a bit all about me, so I don't go on about it. You know what people in Wexford are like, even Mother Teresa wouldn't get an easy ride around here. it all be, well, would you look at your one and her orphans? So you learn early to keep your mouth shut. No good deed goes unpunished and all that. But there was this one thing. So I was maybe 22 when I did this thing, this noble thing. I was on my way down to the 147 club on the main street for a few games of snooker and I saw this crowd of young lads, only 15 or 16 years old, but they're savages at that age. Like mad dogs they are. So anyway, they were bunched around something all hooting and yelling and that. So, keep the head down says I to myself. don't cross the streams and all that. But then I peeped over and I see a flash of red in the middle of the bunch. Like a scarf or red hair or something. Like a new romantic might have. So fair enough if it's a new romantic. Best of luck to you boys and give them one for me. But then I hear a scream and I know it's a girl. So now I'm on the horns of a dilemma, as the fella said. Th- them are only youngsters, I know, but there's a pack of them and it's possible they'll mark my face. But with no regard for my own safety, over I go, putting on the Wexford face, you know the one like I'm so hard, I can't believe this sort of thing is going on in my presence and I says, ah here now youngsters what are you playing at like? and one of the chaps who I recognised as a cur of the highest order who was a well-known pilferer of single fags from a fellow's box so he could never be nabbed the slyest of the sly, so anyways he says to me, he says hold the horses there Rambo, don't be getting hot and bothered it's only a traveller, and I looked again Jesus Christ it was only a traveller. They were teasing. So I was about to keep on going to this snooker hall when I says to myself no, no, this is not right. So I set the shoulders like and push through the gurriers and says I loud, aggressive, that's enough now girls, you should be getting home now boss goes on. Well there was a tense moment there the kind of moment where Clint would be sucking on the cigar and the castanets would be clicking and sure and then the lad weighs it up and decides to let it go. The point being that I was prepared to get this face messed up for a traveler. Think about that now. Think about the dignity and strength involved in that decision. People might call me a hero, but I say I'm just an ordinary man like Nelson Mandela or Jesus. <laughs>
0: fantastic Thank you. and you can hear don wishley develop or yeah, doing a lot better yeah, no yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. a lot better yeah. but delivering that with gusto i would yeah. imagine
1: yeah he's, he's good don he's great
0: well listen it's been absolutely fantastic that's to talk to, to you my pleasure and and hopefully you have noticed that i haven't asked you a question about artemis Fowl movies wow i haven't that's asked a, you about your extensive tour no schedule. you know
1: the, the top one not to be asked is harry potter that's like
0: what about Harry, Harry Potter criticising it's Piers Morgan on no, Twitter? No,
1: just like, you know, what do you think about Harry Potter? Do you know where J.K. Rowling lives? Or oh, have you met J.K. Rowling? It's okay. Usually there's... A, so I shouldn't have brought it up. Well, we'll you bring did, you back. Cause you didn't.
0: <laughs> we'll bring you back another time and ask you all the questions that we shouldn't be asking you. Um, but it's been great to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat. And um, best of luck with the play and all the other projects. Um, yeah. The dog is open to offers, as we said. <laughs> yeah. And again, thanks a lot, and Calfrey. Oh, thank,
1: oh, thanks, Nessa. It's my pleasure.
0: So, that's, uh, we're going to leave it there for the Attic Sessions for February. Um, next month, we're actually going to be on the road. We are going to the Ennis Book Club Festival and we're going to be capturing the flavour of the events that are happening there. So looking forward very much to um, bringing you that episode. And please keep watching. Yes I know That I'm just a dreamer Yes I know That I'm just a dreamer I dream
1: Cause it's the closest I'll ever get to you